Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. I have a couple of things that I would like to share with you today. First of all, I have a couple of updates. The first one is the empty lot phenomenon with the lights. We are actually going to be going out there probably Wednesday night. We can't go out there three nights in a row We'd only be able to get out there, and this is a group of people, one night a week. Because we're going to need a group to go out there and see if we can figure out what's going on. There has been, there have been some people who are saying that perhaps this thing is coming from a portal of sorts. Well, that may be the case. I'm not I'm not um, objecting to that idea at all. The thing that I'm looking at is why is it that when someone is right next to it, they can't see it? When someone gets maybe just a few feet away from this, it, it disappears for them. So we are going to somehow attempt to, I, I don't want to say harness because we're not going to be able to catch this thing. What we're going to attempt to um, like prove it, prove its existence and to see just what is causing this. And there will actually be five of us out there. As long as the... As long as the police don't come, I'm hoping that we can get some kind of evidence. If not, we may be needing someone to bail us out. <laughs> but anyways, no, I think that everything's going to be fine. I'm just wondering if we are going to be able to see these lights on Wednesday night. I'm hoping so, but I will keep you updated about that. The other one that I wanted to talk about is one of the houses that I went to that past Sunday has actually been in contact with one of our mediums. And she is uh, working right now to try to set something up so she can go over and clear this house. I was speaking to her a little while ago this morning and she was saying that even though she doesn't live in the vicinity, even though she's never been to this house and she has spoken to the homeowner, she said she feels a dark energy in that house. And I know that that is the case because I was there. Although I didn't go in, I didn't need to. And I know that um, there's more than one. The other ones may be lower levels, but there is one that is like um, a lot more intelligent and a lot more intense. So there may be something coming up with this next week or the week after. I don't think it's going to be any longer than two weeks from now that this house will be cleared. And I will keep you updated about that as well because I will be there for the clearing. There will be a few of us 
at this location for the clearing. What I like to do, because I don't go inside, and like I have mentioned before, it's not because I'm scared. I am not opposed to going inside, but I just feel that what I have to do is better outside. And that includes the front, the back, and the sides of the house. That's just what I do. So I, and I think that that is actually better for everyone. It works in everyone's favor because when these things, a lot of times now, not always, but when these things are cleared, when these things are released, they go somewhere. And a lot of times they go and remain in certain areas outside. And they can remain there for, I mean, there is no end date. There is no expiration date. They can remain there for ages until someone either unwittingly or purposely lets them in again. And it's not difficult to do. So that's why I do my best work outside. All right. With that being said, I want to touch a little bit on the, on the thing about portals. I was actually contacted recently from someone who asked me if I know how to close them. Well, yes, I do. And there are a lot of things involved, you see, because it's not a one-size-fits-all. There are certain groups of people who have a certain way they do things. Um, A lot of Wiccans and things like this. They have a certain way of opening and then closing portals. But... I am not a Wiccan and I have my own way of doing it, which actually involves different aspects of a lot of different cultures that I have put together that work for me. It depends now when I was contacted about this particular thing and I had, I asked, first of all, is this something that was created by an individual Was it something that you feel has always been there? Maybe it goes back so far ago, so long ago in the past that no one knows who created it or what happened. Or do you feel that this thing was maybe opened by emotion, like a lot of fear, a lot of um, negativity can actually open them and so on. There are portals that can be opened unwittingly. Just like right now, the fear factor is very large. It's calming down right now as far as um, between now and last year. It has subsided a bit. So now we don't have those high peaks. We do, but not to the extent that we did last year. We don't have those peaks. So... It depends on how these things were opened. So what I was told about this particular one was that she doesn't feel that it was opened by any type of ritual. She feels more that it's been there for 
years, and so we don't know how it was opened. She said, but when she went to this house, they have some things happening, and she didn't really feel any type of, um, like, entities inside the house when she was there. But she could see, like, what looked to her to be a portal in the backyard of this house. So... It's almost like a custom thing, okay? So you feel that it's been there for a long time, maybe just part of our universe, and it's just been there. So I gave her um, what I do and some suggestions on what not to do and how to do certain things. When we talk about a salt circle, this is one of the main things of the salt circle. If you are going to ever use this for protection or to keep anything like as a binding or whatever, if you're going to use a salt, sec- salt circle for your own self, you don't make a circle and step in because by doing that, then you break that protection. So you have to stand and make a salt circle around yourself. And if you're going to have anyone else with you, well, you make their circle first. They stand in a spot, you make the circle, then you go and stand in your spot and you make a circle around you. Same thing if you are going to um, maybe do some kind of a clearing. Say in your small space, there are a lot of people who live in apartments and they have that little backyard area or they've got that little balcony whatever you want to call it so you can make that circle around yourself in that small space right there and then you can clear what whatever it is out of your yard your balcony your small space right there just like um you know we were talking about the gnome house and things like that Did I use a salt circle for myself? No. In the first place, I wasn't doing a, I wasn't performing any type of ritual. What I was doing is I was just like, this is the last straw. I'm going to see if this works. And we pretty much knew what we were dealing with at that point. So that's when I did that. But no, I have actually only done that one time where I make that circle. And all the other times I have um, used salt, it's always been across the doorways, across the windowsills, and any entry points in a house. So that's just um, what what I do, as well as certain things to close portals. It all depends on how they were created. So I just wanted to share a little bit of that with you guys. And now we know that there are many, many portals all over the place. And that's one of the things that, see, I think that this is going on where they are still having a lot of Mothman encounters. They are still having a lot of winged creatures, encounters, and 
things like this in the Illinois area. I'm not exactly sure where in Illinois this is going on, but I know that it seems to be a really big hot spot there. And even, I mean, I'm talking recent. I'm talking this week. I'm talking about yesterday, two days ago. They are having all of these encounters. I know that a lot of people believe that the Mothman is a harbinger of doom and other negative things because it seems like people always start seeing this thing and then something bad happens. The Silver Bridge, the huge earthquake in Mexico, who knows about what just happened in Haiti. Maybe he had been seen there. I haven't looked and done any of the research on that, but I don't know if I believe uh, that this thing is a harbinger because then that would be a warning, okay? So this thing would be warning people and trying to uh, get the word out that something bad is about to happen in a certain location. So that would be like a good type of thing, like an angel. Well, why, why I don't believe that this thing is a harbinger is because this thing scares people. And this thing chases people. And there are also a lot of other elements that go along with this thing that are all negative. So before I would believe that the Mothman is a harbinger and like a warning, I would believe that this entity is actually causing or is playing a part in these bad things that are happening. So maybe people are getting wise to it and saying, well, this thing may not be warning us, but every time it starts showing up, something bad happens. They're putting two and two together. But then you've got the other thing where it doesn't happen like overnight. Maybe it doesn't happen for three months, six months, maybe even a year. So... You know, you, you can't use that as a measurement of anything bad happening. Okay, we've been seeing this thing for 10 years now and nothing's happened. See, because then that's kind of like mocking also. It's keeping you wary. It's keeping you maybe a little bit fearful because you're wondering what's getting ready to happen here because every time people have been seeing this a lot, then something bad happens. So it's going to give you an element of fear. Maybe not you, but maybe it would your neighbor. Maybe it would your friend. And these things thrive on fear. All of these things. Fear is the key. Like if you see and you don't care and whatever, then these things wouldn't have anything to like keep them going. So there, there's a lot more to it than just what we see on the surface. I find it fascinating myself, but the most fascination I have with this whole Mothman thing is actually the men in black and these other entities that seem to pop up around these sightings. That's what I find the most interesting. So I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on that and just uh, see what happens. I do a little reading about it every so often. 
But I have to tell you guys, it's the men in black. That phenomenon is very strange to me. It's not scary, but it's strange. And I know people who have said that when they started researching, for example, UFO phenomenon, there are people who live in other states where they have had a lot of what they're called flaps, where they just have these every night people are seeing like tons of uh, UFO activity. They're seeing what it looks like to them, like these huge crafts that are closer to the ground than they've ever seen before, or they're seeing all these lights in the sky and things like this. Then you've got this men in black phenomenon, okay? Because they will be researching these things and they will actually be approached by these men in black. And some of them have even been told like, forget about this. You need to forget about this UFO encounter or what you're researching. So they're being threatened by these entities. And they always describe them the same way. Their skin is white and pasty. They're wearing these like old-fashioned looking dark suits. I guess... um, because of the size of the necktie. I don't know if old-fashioned is a fat necktie or a skinny necktie, but they're always saying this, and they're wearing these black hats. And they speak in a monotone. They don't have an inflection when they speak like we do. They speak more like this. You will stop doing research. See, they, they speak in a monotone. And someone... I read a thing about this. This is a while back, and someone said they actually invited these men in black into their house because they didn't have a clue about this phenomenon. And one of them asked for either it was something to drink or asked what what the jello was or something. And this person gave this one men in blacks man in black some jello, and he tried to drink it. He didn't know how to use a spoon or something like that, so. This phenomena is just so strange to me, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know why they approach certain people. It's, it's something that um, I have been interested in ever since I saw the Mothman movie a long time ago. Just like, wow, the men in black, that's the thing that gets me. The Mothman, not so much. The Men in Black, very, very interesting. And why is it that they want people to stop doing what they're doing? Stop writing about certain things. Stop digging into certain things. Uh, Apparently, one of the women who wrote for the main newspaper back when the Silver Bridge collapsed, she was approached and threatened by these men in black. And this is a long time ago. I mean, this was in the 60s. And they told her, in not so many words, you need to stop writing about this. So, I, it seems to me that maybe, perhaps, um, back in the 60s, it may have been a little bit easier to threaten people because we weren't used to certain things back then. Where now, 
if somebody comes up and says, you know, you better stop writing about whatever the case may be, writing about the the UFO encounter, writing about the missing people, whatever. Well, these days, someone might just tell the men in black to fuck off. I mean, seriously, think about it. We're back in the 60s because we didn't have so many reports like this. This was fairly new in most areas. People were much more easy to say, okay, you know, I'm I'm not going to write about this anymore. So that's just something I keep my eye on. And every once in a while I talk about it. And I know that a lot of people, they, they say that maybe the black-eyed kids are, have something to do. They're similar to the men in black. I don't think so personally. I'm not saying that it's not possible. But I just don't lean that way to that they're, they're similar or they have anything to do with one another. And also women in black, because there are not just men in black. There are also women in black. They're, they're not reported as much. But there have been people who have had encounters with women in black. Maybe um, some people think that they wouldn't be as threatening. But I personally think that... Um, they would seem to me to be more threatening than the men. One of the reasons is because we usually don't see women in that type of role, usually. So when you do, it's going to be like, okay, I don't want to mess with these women. I know that personally, I, I would be more towards, um, no, (laughs) I'm not messing with these girls. If they come and say, stop doing this, well, I'll fold it up, I'll give them my paper, and then I'll go on with my day. That's why it's a good idea to make copies of everything. But anyways, I'm just saying. And how how do these beings know what you're writing about or what you're researching? Like these people who have been approached and threatened, How did these beings know what they're writing about? What they're researching? I mean, to be able to approach them, matter of factly, and tell them to stop, how do they know? I've got so many questions about this whole thing. And when you stop and think about it, it's like, yeah. I mean, unless you're out there putting it out all over the place, well, then I can understand, but... Not only how, how do they know, but how do they know where you are? How do they find you? They find people at their place of business. They find people at their houses. See, this is, this is a whole other thing. I mean, when you are looking into these types of things, it's almost like the hole just gets bigger and bigger and deeper. I've got one question leads to another. It's just never ending. It's like a big, huge circle. I remember, um, this is a different subject now, but I always, I missed the whole um, Art Bell coast-to-coast radio program thing. I missed it because when Art Bell was 
doing Coast to Coast. I didn't know about it. I, I didn't know about Art Bell at all. If I would have known that there was a radio show on like that, I would have been listening to it. Also, I was young, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't up till 1 a.m., whatever, listening to the radio. I would have listened to some of it because that was right for me. And I believe um, this was in the 80s sometimes, into the 90s, maybe the early 2000s. He was on there for a while. He created Coast to Coast. And he is one of the best interviewers I've ever, ever heard. Art Bell was just the best, okay? And so I heard him talking because he started off as a um, ham radio operator. And I heard him talking that he was out in his studio that was on his property And he was talking about shadow people. And he said that, so he was out there in his studio, and I guess he was doing some research and getting his content down for one of his shows, and he saw something out of the corner of his eye. And he says, I've heard about shadow people. I do interviews with people who have had encounters and who've seen shadow people for years and and this and that. He said, it's not a strange subject to me. He said, but I saw something out of the corner of my eye and I turned around and I looked quickly and I saw a shadow person right there in my studio and then it disappeared right away. I personally have never seen one with like both of my eyes looking straight at it. I've seen them from the corner of my eyes and stuff, but they always dart in and out so fast. I, I've never seen it full on. And the reason I brought up Art Bell is because he was so believable. He was credible. He wasn't a kook. He wasn't a conspiracy theorist. And when people would come on his show, he just knew the questions to ask to get to the meat of the subject and he let them speak he let his guests go into detail and then he would ask I mean the pertinent questions he asked the questions that you and I would always want to ask and would always want to know so when he came out and told this story I believed him And it's almost like that gave me a, uh, like he confirmed the existence. I had been seeing them for years, ever since I was very young. But he confirmed the existence for me. You know, just because we see things, we experience things, and perhaps... Every, out of everyone we know, no one else has had that experience or even knows what we're talking about. And then that one person will come and just say something to you without having a conversation, really. Just 
telling you something. A person that you trust, a person that you know is credible. And then it just kind of like, that does it for me, okay? I know what I've been seeing all this time, but this just gave it some credibility right here. This confirmed it for me. It's almost like a relief type of feeling. Yeah, I knew what I've been seeing. I, I've read about them. I've read people's experiences. But that was the first person who ever came out and just spoke about it and said that in that way. You could probably find that on YouTube, what he talks about. And I wish he would have gone further. But it was just, just a little short thing that he um, broke into and talked about it. The other thing that um, I would like to share with you is I know that there are people who have reported that when they are researching certain subjects, and this is a little, um, uh, the word for it, I, I don't want to say scary, okay, because that's just like a word I really don't like to use, but this moment, I can't think of anything else. It's a little intimidating, a little, actually a little more than intimidation. But there are many reports of people when, for example, they are researching certain hauntings that have taken place, certain um, things that people have seen, like we have spoken about the Mothman. That's pretty intense. And it happens like in every state. And it continues on to this day. People have pictures of these, what they call flying cryptids, which look like the Mothman, and so on. And it's been reported that a lot of people, many people, while they're doing research into certain elements like this, have actually been approached by, kind of like by the things they're researching, okay? I'm not saying that you're going to be out there researching the Mothman and you're, he's going to approach you. But it's happened. Not only with the Mothman, but with other type of entities. And this is not like a isolated incidents of any kind. These are things that people have and continue to report. Just like... Art Bell, and the shadow person. You're out there, you're researching shadow people. And you're really, when you really get into it, when you're really researching into something, and your mind is just so there, engrossed in your research, and all of a sudden, you feel something behind you. You think you see something. You think you hear a noise. These type of things are being reported. And you may say, well, that's just because you're so into it. And now your, your mind is playing tricks on you. Your mind is causing these things to happen. I wish that I could agree with that. However... 
this has happened to me. And when I do this, I'm not out there thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to like create a tulpa because I'm researching this. No, because a lot of things while you're researching them, it's because you're trying to get to facts. You're trying to gather information to see how far you can go with this and if you believe it. Well, at least that's what I'm doing. So for me, for example, to be out in my shack doing research, reading about these things, and then all of a sudden, I will feel something that has just come in, like you feel that presence of something, but there's nothing there. And it's become, a couple of times, it's become so intense that I had to actually get up and get out of there. And it's not from fear. It's hard for me to explain this feeling, but it's like the feeling is so intense, it's overwhelming. And why this thing is not manifesting and showing itself is almost like too much. It's not a feeling of fear. It's not a feeling of dread. It's this feeling that it's just too much. And I've had to get out of there. Like the time when I was sitting in what I call my um, archive room. And I heard that static like a radio. And on the other side of my bamboo partition, I heard like voices in the static. I was reading at that time that that happened. So, and the last thing that was on my mind is I'm going to hear static because that was nowhere in in my thought process. So, it's not like, see, this is an approach, okay? But it's not an approach for you to necessarily be scared, um, but it's an approach to take your mind off the subject matter that you are looking into and get you out of there. That's what this is for. Just like when I heard the static, okay, what the first thing I did, I, I stopped reading. I continued to face forward. I didn't want to face where the sound was coming from, but I stopped. And then I put it down and I left the room. I was looking for the source of where this thing would have came from. But see, it stopped me nevertheless. Just like in the shack. It wasn't a scary feeling. It was an overwhelming type of feeling. And what did it do? Well, it stopped me from what I was looking into. So all of these things are kind of like, instead of the men in black coming and approaching you and threatening you, all of these things 
are put in your path to stop you from what you're doing. To make you look away. Because when it happened to me in the archive room, what I do? Okay, I got up and I left the room. When it happened to me in my shack, what I do? Well, I got up and I got out of there. So it works. I mean, I continued later, but at that moment, it stopped me. I have people who have maybe a difference of opinion and they say, well, did you ever think that maybe that was God and maybe you shouldn't be looking at that? Well, that could very well be. The only thing about it is that what I was looking into was really not anything major and I wasn't looking at it because I was going to practice anything. So I have no real answer for that one. I just, I didn't feel that way because the, what I was looking at was rather benign. It was, I was getting into the research, but it was rather just like benign stuff. As far as, you know, I wasn't looking and reading how to perform conjurings or rituals or any type of Luciferianism or Satanism or anything like that. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't reading about names of demons or stuff like that. No. So it's kind of like they, uh, or whatever it is, just throws a, a little thing in your path to make you look away. And then for, for a little bit, you kind of lose the desire to read what you're reading or researching. For a little bit, because I went back to it later. So there are, there are so many things going on, and a lot of these things is because they don't want you to know whatever these things are. Because knowledge is power. And there are many, many different types of things in this world that we don't know that want to keep us from the knowledge. Want to keep us from knowing how to banish certain things. How to extract certain things. How to just not pay attention to certain things or or whatever the case may be. But um, anyways, I'm going to go a little bit further into the other side of this next time. So it's probably, maybe it'll be Wednesday, but I'm going to get to the other side of this now. So thanks for joining me and I will definitely keep you guys updated on the other two subjects that I opened with and uh, hope we can get to see what's really going on in that lot. And I hope that uh, we can do the clearing soon for the, for the one house. All right. So until Wednesday, I will see you guys later. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of you guys, every one of you. Thank you. And um, talk to you soon. Ciao.